Hey guys, welcome to But Why Love the Podcast, where we talk about the things in pop culture that people say matter and ask the question, but why though? So today is a super special crossover episode where we are going to be talking about Game of Thrones Season 7. As always, I'm your host, Kate, and I'm here with Adrian. Hey, how's it going? And our co-host this crossover, Suara Saleh from the Beltway Banthas podcast. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me on, and I'm honored to be a guest co-host instead of just a guest. This is a real honor. (laughs) (laughs) Can you give us a quick uh, rundown of Beltway Banthas for our listeners who may not know you? Absolutely. We are the Star Wars and Politics podcast covering all the the intersection between Star Wars and politics. We talk about real-world politics through the lens of Star Wars. We talk about in-universe Star Wars politics using examples we have in the real world and virtually anything else in between. And uh, I do it with my good friend, Stephen Kent. And we've been going on for about uh, a year and a half now. And it's been a real wild ride. It's been fantastic. Yeah, yeah, you and uh, Stephen are awesome, awesome. For the, for anyone who likes politics and or Star Wars, definitely check them out after you're done listening to this amazing recap that we're about to go through. Because I'm hyped. And I can and I can say too that they are one of the reasons I started listening to podcasts. So I'm a little bit fangirl in meeting Suara. <laughs> guys, I, guys, I'm blushing so much right now. I'm like, <laughs> y'all are too kind. Thank you so much. And, and I just want to say, like, I love, but why though? I think you guys have fantastic discussions. One of my well, two of my favorite episodes of yours were um, discussing Wonder Woman and Spider-Man Homecoming. I think that there were some really great, insightful takes uh, from all of y'all, and you also do a really fantastic job. Now, I'm uh-huh. getting, like, a really big anime blush now. <laughs> <laughs> so, Adrian, as the resident Game of Thrones expert, do you want to take us through yeah. Season 7? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it, because I'm super hyped for it. It was an amazing season. I'm all about it. Um, first, what, real quick, what we're, I just want to ask a quick question just so our, our listeners can get a, a sense of, of where we're at. Shwar, what did you expect going into Season 7, or what did you want hap- what did you want to happen most before you even started the season? That is a really good question. In terms of what I wanted to see most, I think I really want to see more of the degradation of Cersei because she is a character. She's a fascinating character, but also one that I really despise. And I wanted to see Jamie really wake up to the evil that's within her. I think talking spoilers now, like we, we, she, we really got that. Like Jamie really did wake up to how terrible Cersei has become. I definitely wanted to see Daenerys, my favorite character, um, begin her invasion or her just full retaking of the seven kingdoms. <laughs> and uh, I was glad to see that pan out as well. In terms of um, other things, I suppose I did definitely want to see the rest of the seven kingdoms or the re- rest of Westeros wake up to the threat of the White Walkers. And yeah, I think a lot of stuff during the season that I want to see, we got. And, but that is also, we might talk about this later, that might also be a criticism of this season because I've seen several commentators say, did they do stuff for fan service? Like, was it, you know, just like, or the fans instead of like growing organically with the story. But I, overall, I liked the season, but it's not one of my favorites. And we'll discuss why later. 
Yeah, yeah. We're, we'll talk about um. We'll, when we go through what we're going to recap, we'll go through each like the highlights of the episode. Talk about what you liked, what you didn't like about the episode. And at the very end, um, we'll talk about you know if it met your expectations and you know what you want to do for or what you want to happen for season eight, and it, maybe that is kill more people, <laughs> like of our main characters. Uh, what about you, Kate? Um. So I went in with no expectations because I was not watching Game of Thrones at the time. Uh, so if you listen to our Game of Thrones episode, I actually stopped watching um, after season five. I refused to watch Game of Thrones. Um, and then we were going to do an episode on it. And I I heard that the first episode of, uh, of season seven, along with the end of season six, was kind of a redemption of a lot of the female characters who had kind of got in the, <laughs> the raw end of the deal a lot of the times. And I just heard so many good things. I believe, Suara, you actually told me some really good things without spoilers, which was really awesome, too. And so I got hyped to watch it. And then uh, I binged everything from episode one. I was pleasantly surprised with everything that I got. But I can say, too, it kind of helped going in with no expectations. Um, Because I watched straight from season six into, I believe it was, like, episode two or three of season seven. So... Nice, nice. Yeah, I remember that conversation we had. And I think I said this during our conversation, I'll say it now, that nothing can ever forgive what they did to certain female characters in previous seasons. I think the way some of those scenes were handled and the aftermath of those scenes were handled was very poor. But, you know, as we said in our conversation, it is nice to see how the female characters have really stepped up to be fully the main players and really driving the plot forward. So yeah. that is at least nice to see. Yeah, and I think for me too, like I am now looking at Game of Thrones and what this season has kind of taught me or like solidified in my mind is that the same way you have seasons where you have a, a character story arc, something happens to them, then they build from that. Like that's one season. That's how the entirety of every season is for Game of Thrones. It's one long story. And if you look at it as one long character arc, you, I mean, I personally was really like personally triggered through a lot of like the brutalization that happened to some of these female characters, but stepping back from it, like they're, the way they were handled wasn't great, but it does fit into into the overarching narrative and I'm sucked right back into the world of Westeros again. I'm um, happy to be there. So. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. <laughs> as, as am I. Um, for me, my expectations, um, just because I've been watching it since, you know, season one, season two. So my expect expectations of, this, of the show just go up every single season. Um, so I, I expected a lot, especially with only seven episodes. Um, I expected them to just dump their budget into seven episodes and eliminate a lot of um, filler stuff, which I don't really, I never really minded the filler. I mean, I, my favorite show is Dragon Ball Z. And I love anime. Like filler doesn't bother me at all. Uh, and this show really shows well, those filler at, I'm doing scarecrows like those filler episodes have payoffs later on in in the show. So like everything kind of has like a purpose in the show, at least from from when I'm watching. Um, what did I want to happen? I needed Danny and John to get it on. <laughs> yes, uh, I needed that. Uh, so like by virtue, I needed, I needed that. Too. Yeah, I needed them to confirm <laughs> confirm R plus L equals J, which they you know do uh so that was my big thing and i needed i needed more uh, white walker stuff to happen in the show um yeah i got it's a little 
yeah, we'll, we'll talk about if I got everything I wanted a little bit later on. Um, I, my second question, which you kind of already answered a little bit, um, favorite characters, my favorite character is John. I love John. It's my dude. Um, and char- like favorite character going in and favorite character going out of season seven is still John. I, the dude is just solid and straightforward throughout. And characters I don't like, at the start and still don't like is, is still Bran. I still hate Bran. <laughs> this the season didn't make made me do nothing for me to like Bran throughout the entire season. Uh, characters you don't like, Shwar? Yeah, honestly, I have to agree with you strongly there about Bran. You know, I did really like his story in the past couple of seasons, uh, you know, because, I mean, I liked it in conjunction with Hodor, with um, the, uh, the those siblings he was traveling with. With I, I liked, uh, you know, his journey to get to the Three-Eyed Raven, but coming out of that he's just become a pretentious brat. know-it-all brat exactly <laughs> who just like doesn't seem to be like really actively helpful he just seems to be more, now more like a robot because i forget who said this exactly um it might have been i think it was someone on collider uh maybe uh john roca who said that bran is not a character anymore he's a plot device he's yep. just there to like yep. uh, expose information and that's honestly not compelling um yep. yeah bran I, trauma <laughs> we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. I promise. <laughs> Sorry, I said or make characters relive their trauma. That was so stupid. That was mm. like, dude, this is this is your sister. You yeah. do not remind your sister yeah. of stuff like that. That is, I mean, it's just wildly insensitive. I feel. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll get there when we got to the episode. Yeah, that was sorry. Yeah. sorry I, I couldn't contain it. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it, it's, it's okay, Kate. Um, yeah. Um, but I will say that uh, another character I really didn't like this season, and I'm really glad to see his comeuppance, was Littlefinger. Because yeah. he was just like, you know, I liked him, in, again, liked him in previous seasons. I thought he was a really great master manipulator and someone who, even though he was basically evil, at get, trying to get everything for himself, was still inspirational in how he was able to, you know, uh, wrangle his way towards the top. You know, chaos is a ladder. He kind of reminds me of my favorite villain of all time, Emperor Palpatine in that regard. But the thing Blasphemous. is... <laughs> <laughs> Like, I'm just saying, he almost reminded me of that. But no, this season, he went, like, way down and just just seemed to, like, this whole, if I can talk about characters and plot lines I didn't like, this Arya-Sansa conflict, what? It just made no sense. This is not how the characters it's would okay. act. Even- it's okay, we'll get there. We'll get there, I promise. It- yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, that's the thing. Like, I don't think I liked Arya very much this season until the end. Or at least I didn't like Arya out at Winterfell until the last episode. When, again, yeah. she was, like, abusing Sansa verbally for no reason but to make drama for yeah. people to look at. And uh, in terms of my favorite characters, still Daenerys. She's still my hero, still my queen. And uh, <laughs> as exemplified by uh, her noble decision to take the fight to the north to defeat the White Walkers, even though there is some personal motivation in that as well with the loss of Viserion, she genuinely wants to do good and justice in the world. And I just love Daenerys so much. And I love that she got on with John. <laughs> <laughs> or John got on her. Yeah. Uh, Kate, <laughs> Kate, real quick before we, we go into um, the, the episodes. 
Yeah, so who I was totally rooting for and loved going in was Sansa. Um, I know we have our personal Sansa disagreements, Adrian, from our, from the from the Game of Thrones episode, but I was I was really looking forward to Sansa. Um, kind of along your line, I didn't like her in the middle of the season, but I came out liking her at the end. Still, um, I think she's really grown into her own. And so far as characters I didn't like, friggin' Bran. Yeah. He was useless. Just, useless. Just useless. Um, also, uh, on the side note, uh, the OTP is Tormund and Brienne. And I'm just going to keep saying that because that I honestly looked for all those little bright spots and I want them to make giant babies and take over the world. So. Little monster babies. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So let's let's go into uh, recapping some of these episodes and just kind of like the overall season. Before uh, we get into that, I just wanted because I think it's important to note just like how successful this season was in terms of um, the show in general. So as of right now, at the time of this recording, because we don't have like the full numbers from uh, the season finale, it averaged about 31 million viewers across all platforms wow. uh, per episode. That's like with like replays, that's with HBO Go, HBO Now, first first time viewers and things like that. Uh, that's up 34% from last season. And last season wow. was huge. Uh, that explains it, the buffering. Yeah. It, <laughs> oh, oh, you guys had that problem too it, in the, during the last episode in the middle. Yep. It, just, it, it, uh, it cut out I, I, in the middle. I'd be so pissed because I just watched it live on HBO. I, I couldn't I couldn't handle that episode with buffering. Um, <laughs> oh it topped God. its own first day viewership four times. So episode one set a new record. Episode four set a new record. Episode five set a new record. And then the season finale kind of just blew everything out of the water. Um, wow. Yeah, season finale viewership jumped from 8.9 million in season six to 12.1 and that's just like hbo that's not factoring in the hbo streaming services i think with like the streaming services on day one it was like 16 million or something like that yeah. um, plus pirated yeah uh, that, that doesn't even include pirated uh yeah, well, I'm saying, i think like if you factor in pirated i bet yeah it's yeah that's what i'm saying like it and I think even with all of the leaks, it's still average like this kind of viewership with only seven episodes and with widespread leaks. I think that's super great and indicative of how good this show is. I'm a firm believer that this is one of the best shows um, ever, and definitely one of the best shows on TV right now. Uh, if you are if you gotten this far and you're trying to figure out if you want to watch the show or not, stop list, listening to right now and go watch Game of Thrones, uh, start to finish because now you have seven seasons to binge. So. We'll start with episode one. I'll kind of hit the main points that at least I think were the main points in the episode, and we'll talk a little bit about it very briefly, Kate, uh, and then we'll move on <laughs> into the next one. So the first episode, Dragonstone, has, um, I believe, the only cold open in Game of Thrones. I couldn't think of any other cold opens. I think there have been others. Like, uh, the first season yeah. had a cold open, like the coldest yeah. of opens with, like, oh, blah, yeah. uh, those nights They're getting running, like, yeah. white walk. Yeah, and this cold open has Arya poisoning literally the entire Frey family. I thought it was baller. I thought it was a great way to start the show, especially how um, season six ended. You have John learning that Dragonglass setting up sexual tension with Danny uh, later on. Arya is on her way to go kill Cersei, but runs into Ed Sharon and some Lannisters. <laughs> uh, Euron Greyjoy meets Cersei and kind of comes with like his like Hollister new getup kind of thing. I, I thought his, his outfit changed from season six to season seven was really yeah. weird. Um, and then Danny gets a dragon stone and it's like a really powerful scene. She says nothing. She just tears down the Baratheon banner 
And that was the end of the episode. Um, thoughts on the episode? Uh, personally, I loved Arya. I loved the guy who plays Frey playing Arya. Like, oh, I don't know yeah. why. Like, that was just, it was awesome. So, like, what I did was I actually went back and watched Walder Frey in another episode to compare it. And, like, it, it is that dude actually acting like Arya. Right. Acting like him. Like, it was actually insane. Um, plus, I just loved her monologue because it just spoke to as much as I don't like the Starks because I think they're stupid. Um, Agreed. It, it showed the power of the Starks. Like you don't leave one wolf alive. Like you can't do that. Like if you leave mm. one wolf alive, it's going to come for you. And that was, that just kind of showed for, and for me, I think it put the fact that you can still be of a loyal house Stark and still seek as much vengeance as any of the other houses in the series. So um, and it was badass. Yeah. Like, it yeah. was just, yeah. like, my, she killed my, the entire hole. Yeah, that was my big takeaway. Like, as soon as I watched the episode, like, I turned to Stefani, um, my wife, and I was like, that dude acted like himself, acting like Ari. Like, how, like, meta is that? And I, th <laughs> I thought he did. That was my biggest takeaway from that episode. I mean, the Ed Sheeran thing was kind of weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know Stephane, why they got death threats for that. Like, that was, they've had singing well, in other episodes. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, the funny thing, funny thing was that he was singing, and Stefani was like, "Is that Ed Sheeran?" <laughs> and it was, it was crazy, it was so weird. Yeah, I really loved uh, Arya as Frey. You know, killing all the Frey dudes that was awesome. Um, it was very heavily telegraphed. I think you could obviously tell that this was Arya who's like doing this, but you still loved it regardless because yeah. they're getting their comeuppance. The Ed Sheeran thing. Now, my friends and I, when we saw that, we just laughed. You know, it was just like, it was just funny. It was just like, okay, this is a stupid cameo. There's like no, really no reason for this. Um, but Kate, I absolutely agree with you that the backlash against it was way overblown. Like yeah. basic, basically Ed Sheeran left Twitter over this. Yeah. Because he was getting like so many threats. And just like, look, usually I'm a defender of like fans uh, having criticisms and stuff, but this is like just abuse this is just like yeah. some if i may curse for saying some assholes on social media just like i don't know just like acting like worse dicks like imaginable and the only thing i, I thought was like do you not remember the yeah. bear and the maiden fair episode like they sang that entire yeah, I remember that. yeah, <laughs> yeah but like but but that didn't have any famous pop stars in oh, it so yeah, it's like you know you know it's that like because apparently ed i don't even know this like ed sheeran evokes a lot of strong feelings in the populace or something because that's that's where our priorities lie but anyway yeah i, 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 I like this episode a lot um especially the ending you know i love daenerys love seeing her reclaim her yeah. birthplace really that's where she was born and like taking down that foolish Baratheon banner and again reclaiming her rightful place. It was awesome. I actually, for me, the most powerful part wasn't the banner, it was her touching the sand. Oh, yeah. Like that, oh, that, that, that for amazing. me was yeah. where I was like, this is really subtle <laughs> and it technically isn't the largest part of this, but that's the part that like I really like. Like, like Amelia Clark can act the hell out of any scene without even talking. Like that much, oh, I yeah. can say. In, oh, yeah. in Game of Thrones. Amazing. In Game of Thrones, yeah, not. <laughs> Not Terminator Genesis. Yeah, no, no, I love you, Amelia. Oh Gosh. All right. Uh, so we'll move on from there. We'll go to episode two, Stormborn. So Danny listens to Tyrion and sends, basically splits up her forces um, to not go just destroy 
King's Landing like some of her people want her to do. So she sends uh, forces in different directions, and it turns out to kind of be a bad decision because she gets outplayed later in the episode, primarily with Euron Greyjoy intercepting um, Yara's fleets and basically destroying everything. And you, we find out that Euron is a thug and not to be trifled with as he just... Yeah just wrecks people mm-hmm. um, and the sand snakes get destroyed. Um, Mama sand snake and daughter sand snake get taken. And then we get a return of reek because he kind of bounces out. Um, yeah. Then we have, yeah. we go back to Dragonstone and gray worm and Melisandre get it on. And yes. yeah. I thought it was fine, but that scene was just like ridiculously too long. Like I loved it. I That was so I, long. No. Like you give me that. I think in context, it was so long because you can only give me like two seconds of Danny and John smashing, but you okay. give me like five minutes of Grey Worm. So my defense of that the is it on. there have been very few sex scenes in this show that have been just about love. There have totally. been very few that are about that, that don't really have any yeah. power plays added to it or anything like that. So for me, I loved that scene just because for me, I was like, this was a romance that built with no strings attached, no power attached to either one of them, and them really loving each other for who they are without their backgrounds or anything. Not that other characters didn't do that. I mean, obviously, John and, and Ygritte do. But we get so few sex scenes in this show that are just love, and that that it was really good for me. I loved it. That's a fair point. Yeah, um, I, really, I really liked it, too. I think that it was, like Kate said, it was very sincere. It was just about their personal love. And, again, no strings attached. But I will say... I am still so confused about Grey Worm and his anatomy. Yes. I, just, I, just, I, just don't, I just don't understand. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we'll ever know. Um, <laughs> he knows, though. Uh, it is known to her. It is, <laughs> um, it is known. <laughs> and then you have, um, and then we find out in the last episode that Jara is somehow made it all the way to Old Town very, very quickly. And like everything else in the episode <laughs> yeah. in the series uh, or season. Sam decides that he's going to help him get his grayscale away. And then you get one of my favorite transitions in like almost all of TV when he sticks into uh into Jorah and it directly transitions into like the hot pie scene. Yeah. That was that was really so, good and really freaky. So good. I love that, that was, scene so much. That just like freaked me out so much. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, God. God bless anyone who's eating during that scene. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then we wrap up that episode with John heading to Dragonstone at the, you know, bequest or whatever the word is. Of basically, behest of basically everybody else in Winterfell. Uh, but John's just like, I'm going. Leave me alone. <laughs> uh, yeah. Sansa's like, oh, well, well you're just going to leave? Like, oh, well, you're going to be Lady Winterfell. And then she stops talking. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was that episode. It was, and you get Leanna just it? putting everybody in their place too, again, because she's awesome. No, we we disagree completely on this point. I thought her I advice it. was terrible and completely selfish. And we see later on that in the next episode that it was. Well, I'm not. You know, I didn't say Elena. I said Liana. Yeah, Liana. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, okay, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Not Elena. She, Elena yeah. Tyrell is who we disagree I thought you, on. I thought you, I thought no. you were saying Elena. Gotcha. No, I'm talking a little Bear Island ruler. Yeah, I like her a lot. She's awesome. <laughs> She's awesome. Yeah. Uh, so we move into episode three where Johnny, uh, Johnny, <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm already combining their names for the next oh season. Oh my God. Yes. Uh, 
Hold on, that is the most basic of couple names there is, though. <laughs> but it works so well. Do you see how like it just flows off the tongue so well. there? Yeah, it works so well. <laughs> yeah. Oh my god! I so the Queen Justice, we have John. And... <laughs> John and Danley finally meet, and she immediately goes to the bend the knee, which becomes basically a meme through the rest of the seasons. Uh, Bran finally makes it back to Winterfell and Im- immediately makes it weird and cringy talking about Sansa's uh, rape. Like, there's, we'll talk about it when I'm done recapping the episode. Uh, Cersei then, with the Sand Snakes return to Cersei, Cersei poisons the daughter and makes the mom watch. Um, then the outplays continue when Jamie attacks Highgarden and Euron Greyjoy's ships uh, destroy. The unsullied ships while they're at Castle Rock. So, uh, complete outplay by the Lannisters against Danny and her people. Um, thoughts on the episode? Um, so, oh, go ahead, Sora. Uh, thanks. Like this episode in particular, I really liked, um, except for uh, like we mentioned before, the brand stuff because brand's the worst. Um, and uh, yeah, this is the episode where Elena dies, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, like. I mean, it's like she's one of my favorite characters in the entire show, and just what a way to go out. What a way to stick it to the Lannisters to ultimately have that satisfying revenge, to have tricked them from brutally torturing her to death. Just give her a peaceful, like, poison to die with. Give her a nice old lady death. Exactly. They gave her a nice old lady death, and she's just like, I want Cersei to know it was me. And as we see later, Jamie does tell Cersei, and I'm sure it like completely wrecks her knowing that like she lost her chance for revenge. Yeah. Like to, 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 I think for Elena, you know, like she said uh, last season that, um, uh, like she wasn't looking for justice; she was looking for revenge against Cersei, or she, she wasn't yeah. looking for she wasn't looking for survival; she was looking yeah. for revenge. And ultimately, I think she got it. You know, and I think like she was able to empower Daenerys as well for the future to um, fight against Cersei as well. So I really love that. I think for me in this episode, other than Bran, and I guess like real quick, I guess going into the Ilaria um, torture scene, or it's not even a torture scene, it's like just the thought of what she's going to go through. Um, I thought the Sand Snakes with the death of all of them were really underutilized and it made me really mad because they were just mm-hmm. complete punks when they fought. And I just, mm-hmm. I just know, like they're supposed to be the most trained fighters I, I, in all of the war and they're crap. I, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, sorry, if I can interrupt for a second, this is yeah. part of what I'm talking about with this fan service aspect of the season, because the most hated aspect of previous seasons was, was the Dorn. Dorn, was Dorn. And they basically said, okay, you know what? We're just gonna kill them. We're just gonna like get them captured and have them be killed because we know the fans don't like it. That's what it really felt like to me. Yeah, I could see that. Um, I do think, though, the way she does torture uh, Eladia by killing her, like killing her daughter the same way she killed Marcella, and then mm-hmm. just saying, okay, now you're, we're going to feed you, we're going to water you, you're going to sit here and watch your daughter rot. Like, that, to mm-hmm. me, was where you realize... Because, I mean, it, it's kind of been building from episode one, where she doesn't even want to talk about Tommen, or Toman, like she, she's just kind of completely cut off. And I think the monster that has always been brewing underneath the surface of Cersei is just really out, and it's out for totally. blood. And I think that this scene, like out of anything she's done, 
this shows the brutality that she's capable of because yeah yeah and the thing is she knows the pain she knows the pain of losing a child like that and to inflict it in such a horrific manner like way worse than what happened to her and Rosello yeah. like just it wasn't invade. just I'm going to kill your daughter it's like I'm going to make you yes. watch every minute of this and to me mm-hmm. that was where it kind of switched on and I was live tweeting this episode I think and I was like this is Cersei's gone like there is no loving mother in Cersei there is nothing really tying her to anything I, at that point I don't even think Jamie was and then Elena tells him at the end like she's not gonna do good like I don't know what you're exactly. thinking and and Jamie kind of he this is his first sign that he does realize that but he still loves her right um and yeah so that was, that was yeah, this this jumped off my I still hope it still happens this is this jumped off my Queen Slayer oh yeah hopes and dreams because does he even know that she's doing this? Because he wasn't there when this was going on. No, so do we even I don't know think if he knows? I don't think he does. If I, don't I think, think if he, he knew either. that he was doing this, I don't know yeah. if he'd be okay with it because he's okay. Yeah, it's it just messed up. Um, yeah. I don't think Jamie would be like because Jamie has been fighting with himself, or he he's been fighting to get redemption for every bad thing that he's done for Cersei since the first season. Like since mm. his since he was on the road with Brienne, like he has been trying to get that back, like that piece of him that died when he yeah. killed the Mad King, and so I can't like I think yeah because I think you actually said that Adrian. I was like I can totally get behind him being the Queen Slayer because like he she is gonna be what brings him back into being the King Slayer, and he's gonna have to do it to maintain his loyalty to the realm itself. Like he, like he's gonna have to do it to kill that bad part inside of him. So it'll be like a really great, like, yeah, you, you have to break an oath to save your oath type thing. So. Yeah. So going into episode four, um, we're we're more than halfway done with with this season. Gosh. How crazy we're is that? As fast as the ravens did. <laughs> <laughs> so Arya finally <laughs> makes it to Winterfell, and we get another Stark reunion. Uh, reunites with Santa. It's a little weird. A little bit and then she goes and spars with Brienne, which I think is amazing and solidifies her as like one of the best fighters. Um so good. Bran Bran talks with Littlefinger and drops his chaos as a ladder line and it totally trips Littlefinger out. That was uh, the only good scene with Bran this entire season. Yeah. Agreed. And then Cersei Cersei teams up with the Iron Bank, paying off her debts. Uh more sexual attention with with Johnny. I'm just gonna call him Johnny for the rest of the, <laughs> the episode. Uh, in a cave because we know last time John invited a girl to a cave. What happened? Uh, shows him some of the paintings <laughs> with the first men, uh, re- reunite uniting with the children of the forest and fighting the White Walkers. Um, and then we get probably one of the best episodes of this entire scene. Uh, like one of the best scenes is Danny flies in and goes after Jamie with the Dothraki and with her dragon, with one dragon, and so. So so good, um, so I think, good. I think just from just like the implications of the sh- of what happened and just how they shot it, like they literally set like twenty dudes on fire. Yeah, they were the most people set on fire in a single shot. Yeah, like, it, it was it was yeah. nuts. It was and glorious. I think that's it was also glorious. <laughs> Rakaris. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think though that's when everybody realized we weren't going to see a single dire wolf the rest of the, se- the entire season. I was gonna wait till the end to say this, but I'm so upset we didn't get one shot of Ghost. <laughs> like, where is he? Who, who's watching him? Like, they could have used him against the White Walk. Like, they could have used Ghost so many times in this show, or John could have used Ghost so many times. John has never gone north of the Wall really without without Ghost. 
yeah, yeah. Unless Ghost he thing. got separated by him. But yeah, okay, yeah. Back back but, to the Chikaris. Yeah, but yeah, it, it was just it was just great. Um, you know, when Drogon is chasing uh can't remember his name. Bran uh, Bron? Bron, yeah, when he's chasing Bron, I like Bron a lot. And I legitimately was like, uh, who do I want to die in this yes. scene more? And I was just really super torn. I'm sure I'm pretty. I'm pretty sure you weren't torn. I, I knew. Oh no! no. I want. I want yeah. Bond to die. I wanted that. Yeah, I was like, I, ah, I like him so much. Nah, man. I <laughs> nah, man. I wanted that like bastard to die for attacking Drogon. <laughs> burn, burn. Uh, yeah. I think yeah. I actually tweeted it. I was like, I was like, no, he can't die. I really like him. And then he wounded Dro- uh, Drogon, and I was like, no, burn him, burn him now. <laughs> But I agree with you. I always like, love him as a character. But the moment, like, I see, like, so a little bit into my psyche, I see every animal as pretty much puppies. So I saw Drogon yes, as a wounded giant yes. puppy at that moment. And I yes, just got very mad. Yes. I, I wasn't as torn because, like, Danny, like, you're going to run straight at this giant thing that shoots a giant spear. Did you learn nothing from any fighting you've ever watched? Like, you don't go just straight, go zigzag. Well, no, but I think this is this is what points me. So I actually had some problems when she first met John. I think it was an episode before. Um, she sounded. You can tell that Danny is used to being one of the most intelligent people in the room, and mm-hmm. I don't think she was used to having people who know the same stuff she does. Because mm-hmm. up until this point, she was the only person in Essos, and you know, in that in the southern area that knew the histories of the kings and knew all these things that she could claim granted she backed it up with force and she had she has been through a lot like i'm not taking away from her like her comeback she's like i've been through stuff too like that was awesome but i don't think she knows how to handle that and i think the fact that she did go straight at braun shows her that showed that she has this idea of invincibility and she hasn't had to confront not being invincible because up until this point, she has been the strongest person. And and she technically still is. I mean, three dragons, come on. But it's also like that ego is also what got, got Drogon like shot. I yeah, think that's a I, th- I think that's a really good point in terms of like Danny's arc this season, because she does come to Westeros feeling invincible and feeling that with her council, with her dragons, with her army, she can take it over. But she comes against certain roadblocks and she understands the situation is much more complex than she initially thought it would be. And she is, as I think we'll see throughout the rest of the season, really humbled as well. And I think that's a really profound growth for her, like to, you know, experience that. Yeah. Um, and then I, you have one of my favorite scenes of this is jamie thinking he could end the war much like you know earlier earlier in in the show um when uh baratheon is fighting and like this kid thinks that he could end the war by killing robert baratheon uh a great callback in my opinion which is this season is full of amazing amazing callbacks that's one of my favorite ones and then he just like leroy jenkins it uh and i thought it was awesome and then Braun saves him, my dude. So I have some, it was a great scene. And like, I yelled so loud and Matt like ran out of the game room thinking that I yeah. that something had happened to me. I was like, what happened? I was like, Jamie, he's like, what? <laughs> he's, like, he's like, okay, no, I'm, I'm going away. Um, but I will say this, and this is probably my hardest thing. Um, I have a hard time rooting for Jamie 
because of what he did to Cersei. But he's still so freaking likable. And it like hurts my moral compass to be yeah. a character who's raped another character. It really, really like hurts me, but I can't help but have myself root for him because he has worked so hard to get towards redemption. And yeah, I also think that that, that running towards Drogon was fueled by the fact that he found out who killed his son. Like, I really feel like that, like some of that had to play there. Like he needs I to think it, somebody. Well, I, I don't think I don't think it was that at all. I think he just wanted to end the war. I mean, he stood there in the face of a Dothraki horde and a dragon when he easily could have left. He's just he at the like his character at the end of the day is just that noble, yeah, that noble knight. And he just thought, yeah. all right, this is it. I can just save everybody if I just kill. I don't oh, know. Yeah. Why, I don't know why he didn't just throw it. But uh, yeah, I, I liked it a lot. Yeah, that I whole watched- scene was amazing. I watched this scene like at least five times after it initially came out, like back to back to back to back, because um, I wanted to watch it from every single thing. And I think we haven't talked about them enough, but the Dothraki were bad. Oh, yeah. so good. Like yeah. standing on top of their horses and fighting and shooting air. Like it was awesome. And I had this discussion with somebody in my office. She was like, but they're savages. I was like, wait, no, they're not compared to, you know, I was like, they're like, they just fight a different way. They're from a different area. This is what they're used to. She's like, well, they rape and pillage. It's like the Greyjoys do that too. Are you going to call them savages? Mm. That's the entire way yes. the Greyjoys make their line. Like that's that's how every war in Westeros is fought, basically. <laughs> exactly. And so like my whole thing was you're actually getting to see these two styles hit each other. And for me, having studied a lot of uh, like the political price of wars and like who's willing to pay those prices, like for me, this would just really show that like the Westerosi armies aren't gonna be able to win because the Dothrakis mm. fight a lot in the same way that um that like they're two different complete. They're two completely different styles of fighting. One of them is just fighting to win without care for their life, and the other one is oh. like trying to maintain this rank and file, and it doesn't work. Yeah, but, yeah. And before we move on from this episode, um, Tyrion in this episode <gasps> is, I think, all of us when we're at least Tyrion was me when I was watching that episode. Yeah. So I was like, ah, there's so many likable people in this episode, and I don't want any of them to die. And I don't think Tyrion either didn't either, obviously. So I love his vantage point from the battle for sure. Yeah, like without even him talking, like my heart hurt for him yeah. so bad. Because yeah. he's literally watching the only person in his family who's ever loved him almost dying to yeah. his queen that yeah, he's born to protect. Yeah. yeah, those are his people. Those are the Lannisters. Yeah. Like this is people from Castle Rock that he's probably known forever. And he's watching them get burned alive savagely. Yeah. Yeah, I totally feel for Tyrion too, but I gotta tell you guys, it's like, for me, this is what the show has done to me. Like, I do care about these characters. I do care about their emotions and what they're going through, but I still, like, want certain primary things. I want Daenerys to take over, and I'm just gonna, like, you know, I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll like, be thinking, I'll be thinking in my head, oh yeah, Tyrion, that's awful for you, but, you know, you're serving a greater cause. Like, this is, this is, this is, this is what this show has done to me. <laughs> it's just made me like just want things at any cost because we see such incredible, we've seen such incredible moral depravity from basically everyone from the first episode. Um, and I just, 
I'm just like at the point where even if Daenerys went evil, honestly, I would still support her because I still want like her to take over everything. I'm an, I'm an, I just want Daenerys Targaryen to rule everything. Can you just please go burn down the Red Keep now, Danny? <laughs> exactly. Just do that. Just do that. I would love that. Thank you. It wouldn't necessarily be the most politically smart thing, but the fan in me who loves dragons, who loves these majestic beasts like taking over and roaming the land. Like guys, I care more about dragons than people. Okay. Like that, <laughs> that's, that's okay. where I'm I at. cared more about the direwolf deaths than I did the people deaths. So <laughs> there we go. There we go. Like, this Which is, is why where, where is ghost? I need yeah. more ghost. He's a person. <laughs> when John was dead on the table, who was the only one there? Ghost. Okay. Exactly. Sorry. So we'll move on to episode five, Eastwatch. So it starts off with Danny burning Randall and Dick on Tarly in front of the rest of the armies that are left after the battle and makes everybody else bend the knee. Um, back in Dragonstone, they come up with the idea to capture a right from uh, north of the wall and bring it back to Cersei to kind of make her see, like, hey, chill out. Let's go kill stuff that, <laughs> that matters more at this point. Um, Davos, one of my favorite characters, the Onion Knight, yeah. smuggles Tyrion into the castle. Uh, Tyrion gets a nice little reunion with Bronn, and they meet up with Jaime. And as they're leaving, we get Gendry back, the running meme from, like, season three. Like, where did gets he go? Recognized. Yeah, which he, <laughs> Gendry's finally back. He has a hammer. He's enabling his dad's stuff. We get a nice little scene with him and Jon Snow. Like, our fathers trusted each other, but, haha, no, they really didn't. Uh then you get to like the game with Arya and Littlefinger and all that stuff with the finding the letter, but like, oh no, Littlefinger wanted you to find the letter. Uh, and then at the end of this end, end of the episode, you have the squad, as I like to call them: John, yeah. Jorah, Gendry, the Hound, the Brotherhood, and Tormund go north to go get what Danny asked for to bring it to Cersei. Um, thoughts? I guess for for me, I like this episode a lot. Um, I liked it because the Onion Knight says, oh, you finally stopped rowing. And I was like, yes, that's so awesome. Um, but, but, but again, that's sort of a fan yeah, service moment. It, is. it definitely <laughs> is. It definitely is. I could see, I, I actually saw a lot of, I guess, like the, like it was, it was a meme. It was a very memeable season. Totally. I I thought, I thought it was pretty necessary. Like he, Gendry's like a big part of the, you know, if you take out like Danny and um, Danny and John, like technically Gendry, if you go by like the yeah rebellion from Brandon, he's he's basically the heir. Pretty if you much. look at like the Cersei situation, um, and they kind of just didn't do anything with him. He's a great character, and they kind of just like let him go. And yeah. I thought the way they brought him back was was great, like making him use a hammer, uh, use a hammer, like making him embody his dad. I thought it was so so great. Um, I also liked. Just the interactions with all of those people um, at Eastwatch. Like, I didn't think that they would all work together in like one scene. I thought they killed it. Like, everyone's like, all yeah. right, we're all just yeah. gonna come together. We're all vastly different people. Uh, and it all just comes together. And they have some of the best dialogue between each other in the next episode that I think is a, in any of like Game of Thrones. Um, so yeah. let's go right into it. I think that's one of the cooler episodes of the season two. Uh, Beyond the Wall. We start with tensions with Arya and Sansa because of Littlefinger's plan. We'd mentioned a little bit earlier um, about uh, Arya and Sansa getting into it and Arya threatening Sansa with the faceless men talk. And then we go beyond the wall and we get lots of fighting and cool stuff happening. Um, 
our heroes. I guess I'll call them our heroes because like, is anyone really rooting for the Night King to win this? No. Uh, and then they get trapped, Champion. and then they send Gendry out to go get help, and somehow he <laughs> he runs all that way and falls right at the wall. Uh, Danny then comes in and just wrecks face with only one of them being frozen to death without food of water, food or water, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Hey, you know logic uh danny <laughs> comes in and just wrecks stuff with her three dragons and finally like believes that the threat is real and the night king just has this amazing javelin throw just like the most nonchalant thug move i've seen in the show he just picks up like all right aim it up dead and then um all i like this episode a lot because we, we get again this might be like fan servicey too, but like Tormund almost died. I thought for sure Tormund was gonna die in this. I episode. was almost crying, Adrian. It yeah, was I bad. thought Yeah, because his like shriek that he was I was like, all right, he's he's done. He's done. And then John falls into some water and John almost dies. But yeah. Benjamin Stark, I guess I guess cold hands. I guess I never really called him cold hands it's in pretty much face. cold hands. Yeah, yeah, and he comes in and saves John. And then at the end of the episode we get Ice Dragon. Um I really, really like. I really, really in this when John goes underwater. I wanted Rhaegar to come back and pick John up so bad. Yeah. Oh yeah, that would have been great. I yeah. like that much more than like tying up like the Benjamin Stark thing. I, I caught. I I'd forgotten about him being over there already. Like, how did he know? <laughs> like, well, I go? think this is, this is the yeah. thing too. I actually think this episode, my that my like critique of this episode, because I think I've been pretty positive so far, is that this is the episode where I realized how bad the t- the pacing is exactly, for things. and how and you know and it, and I want to say this too, like pacing is like this in a lot of the other shows. I think I, I think I threw some shade at Game of Thrones in our Defenders recap, <laughs> um, but like it's like that in a lot of other shows. But with Game of Thrones, we're used to the slow build and seeing what's happening in all of these journeys to places, and we're used to things taking time. Obviously, they mm. can't do that with seven episodes. So this episode really, really heightened that for me, and it kind of took me out of it a little bit. It, see, um, it didn't take me out of it because they had to wait for the ice to freeze over. That was like a big ocean. Not like a big ocean. It's like a big lake of water. And they all, all would have just, died because they, they have no water or food. Yeah, and it's, and it's freezing, and it's freezing and temperature. And yeah. <laughs> uh, um, although you have uh, the Lord of Light, and the Lord of Light kept them all alive. So oh <laughs> that is that right there is. But he let thing. his priest die. Yeah. Yeah. Like, he, um, his time was done. His Lord of Light does no wrong. A, 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 Adrian, no offense, but I think that's what they call fan splaining. exactly no yeah that's definitely i'm okay with it like we have this in star wars fandom sometimes like when you're trying to explain like an illogical gap or something it's just guys i will be honest like this was probably my least favorite episode i think there were a lot of really cool things that happened um you know particularly in the fights that they had north of the wall but there were so so many illogical gaps yeah for example the raven traveling so fast to daenerys made no sense. Daenerys taking all three of her dragons made no sense. Um, it was just like, and it just felt like the characters were making like stupid decisions. And there were like some dialogue choices that I didn't really like as they were traveling with each other. And Tormund as well, at one point said that his King from before should have bent the knee, but the thing is, back during that, like he was steadfastly against the uh, wildlings. 
joining, yeah. uh, you know, Westeros or something like that. And it's just, it just seemed like, again, a matter of plot uh, overtaking character. Instead of the characters driving the plot, the plot was driving them. And about this whole plan to get the white uh, down to Cersei, it's like, again, that is a leap that they took. I mean, there definitely is some logic in there because they do want, they need to have Westeros united against the White Walkers, but why would Danny immediately agree to it? And why do they think that Cersei, as proven with her insanity, would agree to it? And the only part, like I I, I mean, I won't say that I liked, but that I was very intrigued by. I mean, like, obviously, my heart was broken when this, that happened to Viserion. Um, you know, he was such a wonderful, noble dragon. And, like, but, but the thing is, he's still, I'm actually kind of grateful that the Night King brought him back. I mean, I think, I mean, I know that he's undead, that he's technically not Viserion anymore, but dragons are magical creatures, so maybe there's some <laughs> way to bring him back. I'm desperately grasping at straws here, trying to, like, to, to get Daenerys her baby back, and <laughs> I, I like, just, um, yeah. I just want three dragon riders. I want Tyrion, Jon, yes, and Danny to jump on some dragons. That's... Same here. <laughs> Same yeah. here, totally. Um, um, but yeah, like, again, this was just in terms of how cohesive, how not cohesive as a narrative this episode was i just didn't really like it that yeah. much i i will say this like i think some of the banter was was forced but i also really liked the banter because it involved my precious my precious cinnamon bun tormund and he's my baby <laughs> and i will protect him with my life i i just want to hear tormund like talking about his crush and writing mr of tarth in the snow over, <laughs> over again to like his free folk friends um oh my God. that's just what i want in my life um but I also think for me, um, I had actually, so I talk a lot with um, the uh, Sipping Sisters podcast, um, their All Show Pop Culture podcast. And um, of course, their sisters watching this, they really hated this storyline. And up until this point, I was like, I get it. Like I was the tomboy growing up and my male cousins were the only ones that accepted me. My female cousins didn't. So like, I totally get like the last time they saw each other, they were crappy towards each other. And Sansa made Arya's life a living hell a lot of the time and really made Arya feel like shame, shamed Arya for being who she was. And Jon was the only one that protected her and loved her for who she was. And so I understood the tension when they first met. But with that being said, they worked so hard to find their families and be together. It was at this point where I was like, I really can't defend this anymore. And this is just getting pushed way too far. I don't know what's going on. And this seems really pointless to any sort of development. Um, I, I agree 100%. Arya and Sansa in this episode, that was stupid. It was just illogical. It was not true to the characters or how sisters would interact. And I'll just say, Game of Thrones this season had maybe one woman writer you know it yeah. didn't have any female perspectives that could inform how sisters would actually interact and again just a stupid force conflict for the sake of making drama to gawk at and if it was an act you know as we see later like how they get Littlefinger if that was an act then why wasn't Littlefinger there why don't you fight in front of Littlefinger or something like that so it was part of the plan why have it be personal in between them and Again, like like you said, Kate, it makes sense be, in terms of how Arya might have some 
residual hurt feelings from her childhood. But again, having worked so hard to get back to her family, she still loves Sansa. Sansa's still her sister. She's there to protect Sansa. Why the hell are you showing her threatening to kill her sister? It's just, it just like, it was bizarre. It was stupid. And even though we know the ultimate conclusion of the storyline, it just, it, 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 the way they got there It was, it was, was missing just, those extra yeah. episodes to build it out. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, I don't think so at totally. all. I, I love, I thought it was fine. Like, you even said it yourself, Kate, like last time she saw Sansa, she was, you know, wanting to be like the lady of, of everything. And all Ari has seen since she's been back is Sansa, you know, being the lady, taking mom yeah. and dad's room instead of some other room because she wanted like the nice things. It's like, why wouldn't Arya think that Sansa hasn't changed all that much yeah. without knowing like the stories and stuff? All she sees is Sansa maybe usurping John, who is, you know, her favorite yeah. Stark probably. It's like, why wouldn't like, well, they wouldn't, I don't think that after like all this time, Arya has held this grudge against Sansa, it wouldn't just go away when she doesn't, when she sees Sansa hasn't changed all that much. At least she hasn't seen Sansa change all that much. All she can yeah. go off of is what Sansa is still doing. I, I thought it was completely logical drama in, in my opinion. I thought it was at first. And then, I, and then I thought it took a step over being logical to illogical just because um, I was also like, re so before we did the Game of Thrones episode, I watched from the start of season five up and so during this, I was watching from one all the way up. Um, and in the in-betweens, after she initially leaves King's, King's Landing, she kind of gets over the whole Sansa thing and doesn't really think about her again yeah. um, in, in Arya's exactly. plot. So yeah. for that, I would say, like, it's not too strong of a grudge that she would be coming this hard. But I did, like, and I, like, it's on Twitter. Like, it's out there. The receipts are out there. I defended the hell out of Arya acting but that way. She didn't, she didn't know that... The, that Sansa was like basically like even alive. She thought the Boltons had Winterfell up until like two episodes before well, she this. She didn't know any of them were alive. Yeah. yeah. So like, if you know that your sister's alive and you think you assume that she's going to go back there to be like noble, but she's like taking the big rooms and, you know, acting more or less the but, same but, way. Cause but I then the opposite, the opposite like side to that season before, like I hated Sansa this entire season until like three seconds before like we stopped seeing them because they mm -hmm. it finally came around to it because they don't really set up like that they don't set up like that this stuff is like a a, a joke or like it's like part of the plan well, at all but that that's my problem like it doesn't set that up so i feel like the end when they're like comparing traumas and i'm just like that that to me was just kind of like i i can't really like get behind that like that was kind of pushing Nor it way I, too yeah. far but I right. do know that, like, when you have so little family left, like, I think it touched on it enough, that first one. And now, kind of thinking back to it, and I rewatched stuff before we did this, too, like, it kind of makes sense because the conversations they have after that initial meeting are completely different in flow and tone. Um, I, I, I agree 100%. It just seemed that Arya was taking a step backward after finally understanding Sans a little bit more after they yeah. finally met back up again. But I will say... You know, I think anyone hearing that this conversation we're having right now, I think the way in which we're disagreeing about this storyline, because Adrian, you're making some really salient yeah. points about like their previous conflict. And 
but I think it was executed in such a poor way. It was, I don't think the writing that went into this was really that good at all. I think the nature of our disagreements about this just shows that they could have pulled this off way better. You're missing the bridge to tie it to their emotive experiences. Like mm-hmm. it, you're missing that connection, but which would have happened in the background. Like, cause all the stuff they're saying comes from a real place. Like I knew you were going to like a lot of these scenes, Adrian, because Arya calls her out on a lot of the stuff that you critique Sansa on in our game of Thrones episode. And Sansa like vocalizes, you think I got her entire family killed. Like, they and this, I guess, again, Suara is probably the fan service stuff for, for the, the people who have hated Sansa. Um, but at the same time, it just felt like too different from what happened in that first interaction, at least like on rewatching it. Yeah, uh, they were pretty cold when they first met. I will say though, like they're like legitimately best friends in like in real life. Yes. So the fact that they're oh, able they're to like even cute. do any any of this stuff like in a show, I think, is really really great. Um, we're running longer than I wanted. <laughs> um, so we'll move into the finale, uh, the dragon and the wolf. <laughs> if that didn't say that they were going to get it on, I don't know what does. <laughs> um, so the meetup that creepy brand yeah, everyone's wanted. No, the, the, I'm talking about like meet up with everybody else. Uh, finally happens. So everyone comes together and we get like so many like little mini reunions like in this, in this, that I thought everybody was going to die. Like this is, this is, this is yeah. too many good feels. Everyone, making bringing bring back you know mad magic wiener jokes and stuff was oh was just God. was just too much for me uh so basically uh they bring out the the right that they get and everyone is super scared um quick side note like that was like better than most walking dead scenes i've seen yeah. with like a zombie in it so so good um basically Cersei walks off because John doesn't want to bend the knee. A big surprise that John doesn't well, want to bend no, the knee. Well, no, it's not. It's not. He. She doesn't want him to bend the knee to her. She doesn't want him to bend the knee to anybody and just go sit in the north. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Like she no, doesn't want John to bend the knee. That's what I meant. Yeah, yeah. That's what I meant. Yeah, doesn't okay. want John to bend. John doesn't want to bend the knee. Um, then Tyrion goes to talk to her, and they have this whole thing. And Cersei acts like she's going to kill Tyrion, and Tyrion totally calls her on their bluff. And they talk about something which is really, really sketchy to me, even though we find out later that she lied because she comes out and says, all right, well, I'll fight with you. But it really turns out that she lied. And then Jamie confronts her later about this lie and then almost gets killed by the mountain as well. But Jamie also calls her on her bluff and walks off to go his own little thing. Um, to leave his toxic relationship. Yeah. That is what he did. Go, yeah. Jamie. Go, Jamie. <laughs> yeah, go, Jamie. Then you have Rip Littlefinger. For this whole episode, I was like, Sansa, what are you doing? Sansa, what are you doing? And then yeah. real quick, Arya chops up Littlefinger, which is great. And I think this is a great moment to say you don't mess with the Starks because as stupid as they are, they will come together and kill you if you leave one alive. They've been saying that since episode one. If you don't kill all the Starks, you have a problem. Um, Theon fights for the right to go save Yara with the other remaining Greyjoys by like unceremoniously withstanding like three shots to the groin because he doesn't have uh, any of that stuff anymore. Which I don't understand because he was kicked so hard. Like you would still feel something. Adrenal- Sorry. I don't know. I mean, it bugs me. I, 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 I don't know. I think like I mean I, I don't want to imagine like a feeling <laughs> that but, uh, but I know another it definitely wouldn't be that. Another, another anatomy question. Like um, yeah. Sorry Adrian continue. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> And then we get a full confirmation of R plus, R plus L equals J. 
uh, in full, full fledged flashback confirmation. And then Dan, then Johnny or Danny, whatever you want, whatever way you want to do John it. Uh, far- Generis. Yeah, I, I John Harris. Generis. John Harris. John Harris. I still yeah. like. I, uh, and they finally get it on in kind of like a weird monologue from it was so brand. Weird. It was. But awful. I was like, I don't, I don't care. It's finally happening, so I, I, I'm fine with this. This, this works for me. The only thing that was weird I, to me was yeah. was Tyrion like in the background, like looking over, like what did you expect well, to it happen? It was all weird. <laughs> it was just the most like ridiculous sec. Like it was just. It was wonderful. It was, it was wonderful. It was that wonderful. ass though. Yeah, no, I was awesome. gonna say like, but that's the problem. I wanted to fully admire Kit Harrington's amazing butt, but I couldn't because I was so creeped out by Tyrion and Bran. Nope, I still so like creeped it. Out. I, I can look a little that. I think I like this episode so much because it didn't really have too too much action, but it kind of like it was the game again, right? It was yeah, trying to totally. see who was lying, who was not lying. Yeah. Um, you have the Starks being true to themselves and stuff. It was about the game again, and I thought that was a really, really great episode compared to like what we had in the last episode where it was basically just all Dracarys and White Walkers and, yeah. and stuff like that. So I really enjoyed this episode for sure. <laughs> when, Tyrion, when Tyrion's pouring the wine out while he's talking oh, to her, man. Cersei totally get hits me as the person who would poison her own wine so that somebody else would drink it and die totally that's so, totally her mentality. That's <laughs> yeah i'm just glad yeah go for it go for it yeah i was scared for a second too about Tyrion in that moment and um but you know he's one of the main characters most popular on the show so you know that he's not going to die at least not or i mean if they are going to go back to their old thing of like you know randomly people can die but they haven't at all this season. Um, yeah. You know, the only one who did die was Viserion. And yeah. I think that scene between Cersei and Tyrion. So some of my absolute favorite scenes in the earlier seasons were between Tyrion and Cersei and yeah. them talking about their family. And even though, you know, they say they hate each other, you can see that there is a connection there and that Tyrion genuinely does love his older sister, despite how terrible she is. I remember there was this one scene in particular, I think it was in season two, when Cersei like admits to him that she feels guilty for having sex with her brother to have children and that she's afraid of what's going to happen to them. It's a really amazing, powerful, impactful scene, and Tyrion's actually consoling her. Um, and I think that you get a little bit of that in this uh, last episode. You see Tyrion say, hey, Cersei, I loved them too. I love those children very dearly. And you know, Cersei said, oh, no, I'm not going to have it. But you could tell that she was very impacted by it, even though, as we find out, she was lying through her teeth about all of it, about, you know, being noble, enjoying the fight with them. You could still see how, you know, at the very least in that moment, choosing not to kill her little brother and really accepting that, hey, even though he killed their father, who was going to kill him, as he mentioned, yeah. still loves their family and you know even though Cersei is an insane monster she is still in a lot of ways a sympathetic insane monster well see and like this is the thing too like I have defended Cersei because I am so enthralled with her character Mm -hmm. like I agree she's terrible Mm -hmm. but I respect the hell out of her yeah. Because she play and, and she she she's harkened back like she has talked about it 
since the very beginning. Like she plays the game the way she has to because she wasn't raised as a Lannister's son, but she listened mm -hmm. throughout those entire things. It was just, I feel like she was so calculated in a lot of things that I felt like for one of the first times I saw her truly blinded by something like, and I didn't like that because for me, I feel like she works out problems and goes for, and when I say the greater good, I don't mean the greater good of Westeros. I mean the greater good for her and her family, which I guess you could say her right. dipping is that. But at the mm -hmm. same time, like, I think both Tyrion and Jamie present her with very logical arguments. Like, well, what the, like, what the hell are, your, are our kids going to rule over? Like, if everybody's gone, everybody's dead. And I think you get a really illogical Cersei acting in these moments. And I don't like that. Because yeah. that, to me, isn't who Cersei has been or is. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I actually think she should have killed one of her brothers because of how evil she's made to be from episode one of this season and how right. detached she claims to be from her family from refusing to talk about her son's death from like her entire talk with Tyrion, which i agree with I, I love their scenes together um but her entire talk wasn't i'm not mad that you killed her father i'm mad at what you took away from our family yes and absolutely so that to me sets up a different type of interest than just like familial bonds and so i think that she should have killed one of them so I also like screamed out really loud when I thought the mountain was going to kill Jamie because yeah I thought yeah, I thought, here, I thought yeah. Jamie for sure was getting taken out um, but yeah. I really like that was probably one of the hardest decisions he's had to make like in this show yeah like stay with Cersei or go do the noble knight thing yeah and keep your word I thought that was insane insanely powerful because he was ready to just to get chopped up by the mountain because there's nothing he can do he can't fight the yeah. mountain the way he is anymore. Like, I, I agree on that. I think this was one of the moments where we truly see Jamie. We, we truly get a, a, a big look at the fact that Jamie is an honorable man. Like, he's done yeah. little things up to now to reclaim this honorable position. And it was it, one of the entire, like, crux, one of the entire, like, parts of his, like, uh, story progression in season six. But with him leaving his sister and the woman he loves, because apparently twincest is bad, but incest isn't. Um, hey, uh, there are degrees of separation with Jonaris. <laughs> and they don't even know. Like, they know that they're, like, that's what, that's, okay, yeah. Yeah, but anyway, like, you get to see him fully come into that honor. Um, so. Yeah. And also, Bran is reaffirmed to me as being a shitty character and a shitty three-eyed raven. Who's at yeah. the door? It's Sam. Really? You're supposed to know everything. Why are you asking who's at the door? Like, it's obvious, like, you should know that. Or, he's a Sand, not a Snow. Well, actually, he's a Targaryen. He's actually a Targaryen. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, how yeah. do you not know that? So I'm going to port myself back into a scene that I was in before that I never thought about going back to with my dad to find out what was said when it was obvious. Mm -hmm. Like, I... Mm -hmm. Yeah. He's uh, just a bit qualified. I got everything. I really did get everything I wanted out of this episode, except for Clegane Bowl. Yeah. I thought they set it up great when he's like, you like you know, you know, this isn't the end for you. You know who's coming for you. And then he just like walked down the stairs. I thought for sure there was going to be like some big bow or something, and the mountain was just going to go down and fight yeah. the hound. That would have been amazing. I thought, wait, he, I thought he dipped wait. at first, by the way. When the, like yeah. when he goes down to get the right, I thought he dipped at first. I thought he like <laughs> pulled the ear on and just went straight out, but he, he did <laughs> Wait, so who was uh, Gregor referring to? He was going to come for his brother. Him. 
him. The, oh, the gotcha, hound, gotcha. The, the, yeah, yeah. gotcha. The hound will be coming for him. Okay, very cool, very cool. Man, the mountain just looks horrifying. Like yeah. those eyes, it just looks like his face is constantly decaying throughout the seasons. Like, yeah. Jesus. I, I like, like their face to face. I wonder why, Sora. I like their face to face, though, because for like all of, while, as long as Cersei's been in King's Landing, like since the hound's been there, every, the mountain just towers over everybody. Yeah. Literally everybody. But we see him face to face with the hound. You're like, oh, well, the hound's a pretty big dude, pretty big guy, too. Like, that would be a fun fight, and I would love to see it. I hope they do it next oh, season. Oh, by the way, proud parents of Arya Stark, Hound and Brienne talking about her. Aww. Oh, yeah. I, I thought that was awesome, where she was just like, you know, the, the person who needs protection is the one that gets in her way. I'm like, they just like totally like bonded over that. Well, like, that's what I'm saying. So there were so many little moments in that episode. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah, there, oh, there but, definitely was. But, but wait, if we can talk about Brienne and the Hound, like, holy, I mean, she nearly killed him. And like now they're yeah. just like talking casually. I love this show so much. Yeah. Well, because I like that reference to it too. She's like, oh, you're alive. <laughs> nah, almost. Yeah. Oh my um, God. I like it a lot. Um, yeah. Since we're about like an hour and 10 minutes into this, we'll wrap up with just real quick. Did it meet your expectations? I think for me, it definitely did. Because um, I guess. The only expectation I guess you could say I did have was I, I was expecting the female characters to finally get payoff. Um, and I actually think it happened in that Arya and Brienne fight because for me, it really pointed out that there are different levels of feminine and different ways to be feminine in Game of Thrones. Um, and for me, that really comes across in fighting styles because you often see females doing the, you know, the ScarJo thing and crushing men's, men's heads with their thighs, which is cool. But it is also really cool to see a woman swing a great sword. Um, and totally. so, so to have that acrobatic fighting style with Arya and to have Brienne doing the knight style, like that, that for me was like a little microcosm for what I see Game of Thrones as for representing female characters. Um, because they were both strong and you could see that and they were both strong in different ways. And that was something that I really liked. Um, and Ice Dragon. <laughs> Ice Dragon. Um, yeah. And I think to go off of that, Kate, um, just the variety of different female characters and the various different ways to be strong. And I'm thinking specifically of Sansa, yeah. even though, like, you know, she was part of that super frustrating storyline still overall. And as we see in the culmination, we didn't discuss this, but finally killing Littlefinger, like, yeah. you know, finally, like, getting that annoying character where she's able to become the manipulator, the manipulator has become the manipulatee. You know, she's able to turn the tables on him. And Oh, and her just, line, I'm a slow learner, yes. but I learn. And like that, I, learn. Like, yeah. I will defend you to the death, Sansa. I will defend you from every hate that people throw your way. <laughs> dude, dude, I want her to be the queen in the north. Honestly, yeah. I think she's fantastic. Uh, as long as she fights against the White Walkers and as long as she accepts Daenerys as queen. Um, I, <laughs> as long as she bends the knee. <laughs> as long as she bends the knee, like, uh, I will accept her as queen. No, but I will say my concluding thought for this season is, you know, I know it's incest, but Targaryens did it for hundreds of years. At least it's not brother and sister. At least they genuinely love each other. And I really hope that when Danny finds out, she won't be threatened. Even the and that you know, John, when he finds out, he'll be freaked out. I know, like that for sure. But 
you know, hopefully they can get past those scruples and understand that there's will be a union of ice and fire that will unite the realm and they'll have a bunch of Targaryen babies and they'll they'll have some more and they'll have (laughs) some more dragons and they'll basically rename Westeros as Valyria and it'll be awesome. That's what what I'm hoping for. That works. Uh, For me, it definitely met my expectations. I didn't say it at the beginning, but I really wanted the wall to come down. Like I wanted the White Walkers to cross into uh you know into into the to like where it's actually immediately a problem and yeah. it did um hopefully Tormon's still alive because he needs to get it on with Brienne still yes uh, I oh, he, oh he's alive guys he's alive yeah. he he was running on the top of the wall instead of the guys who were running down the stairs stupidly like he yeah he's safe don't worry yeah. and, I, and I don't believe be I don't, safe. yeah I don't believe that people die off screen in the show so like I'm, I'm sure he's still alive but uh-oh. That scene it was great. Um, definitely met my expectations. I wanted Danny and John to get it on, and I wanted it to be a fast-paced going thing. Um, like it might have been at the expense of like pacing, but it's better than watching them walk for three episodes to get to the White Walkers, in my opinion. Um, so I'm I'm okay with it. I'm interested to see what they do for the sixth season. Uh, on that our eighth season with six episodes is what I meant to say. Um, on that vein, what's one thing you want most in season eight? One thing, just one. Somebody else go first because I can't do these things. <laughs> I always give like. Okay. <laughs> All right. I just want I just want Viserion to um, like be. I w- I want Daenerys to work her dragon magic on Viserion and bring him back to life fully. That would I know be that's not going. I know. I know that's probably. I mean, actually, no. It could happen. It could happen. <laughs> so I'm gonna hold on to hope, and then I'm gonna, it's gonna be dashed. But I'm still gonna hold on to hope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's what I want. I think I know what mine is. It's a combination of the Queen Slayer theory and Arya getting her revenge. I want Arya to kill Jamie and then wear his face to kill Cersei. Oh, that'd be so meta. I love it. That's what That's, I want. Because yeah, it, gets, be it, gets, it, it like fulfills like both my things. Like, I mean, granted, like I think I just want Jamie to die because I feel bad liking him. But I think this is the perfect <laughs> way for it to happen. And you're just using Arya because she's killing everyone. Well, and she has the skill to do it. Like, come on, yeah, wear his face, true. get next to the love of his life, and then just kill her. Obviously. Do, uh, do they do it first? No. Okay. No. No. It's not incest at that point, right? <laughs> You're against incest. Uh, anyway, <laughs> uh, my the one thing that I want most to happen, I kind of mentioned before, regardless of all the other like dragon fighting stuff, I really want the mountain and the hound to fight next season, like for sure. I need mm-hmm. game ball to happen uh, to kind of like round all that stuff out. Cause the hound is such a tortured soul. Like he has to worry that with his whole life. And the mountain's kind of a, a jerk and I want to see him die like for real this time. Um, yeah. That's all I got for the wrap up. Thanks for joining us. Uh, I'll let Kate close us out, I guess, uh, or any <laughs> last thoughts, I guess. I don't know. We're just, I just want to, we can be here all night talking about it. I just want to, you know, yeah, like there's easily a lot it. of, yeah, like there's easily yeah. a lot of stuff that we miss. So when we post this, feel free to just jump in with your theories, what you want from season eight and the things that you think we missed from season seven. Um, Cause we, I mean, it was a condensed season and there's obviously stuff we didn't get to talk about. Um, Suara, thank you so much for coming on. Like it has been a blast and a joy. And thank you for brightening up the day or night, night. Cause it's really late right now. Yeah, it's late night. I got to get to my local target for force Friday. Yep. Uh, thank you guys. 
Thank you all so much for having me on. This was a real blast. And I really love talking to you outside <laughs> of Twitter. Like now we can actually hear each other's voices. This is awesome. Yep. Uh, well, why don't you tell our fans where to find you? That way they can, you know, listen to your voice a little bit more. Yeah, exactly. Well, you can listen to my sultry voice on. No, I'm not going to say that. <laughs> uh, Y'all can listen. Y'all can listen to me on Beltway Banthas. Uh, we're on iTunes. I host it with my good friend Stephen Kent. We cover all things in the intersection of politics and Star Wars. You can follow me on Twitter at Swarasaleh One. That's S W A R A S A L I H One. You can follow Beltway Banthas at Beltway Banthas. Uh, and if you're interested in Another aspect of Star Wars nerdum, I have a Facebook group called Sounds from a Galaxy Far, Far Away. We discuss all things John Williams, Michael Giacchino, and other aspects of Star Wars music. So if you want to join, come uh, and send a request and I'll add you on. And those are all my plugs. <laughs> well, once again, thank you so, so much. And I'm happy to geek out here with two of my like two of the people that I always like at all the time for this Game of Thrones things. Because, I mean, come on. Also, everybody out there must know that Suara literally only responded to anything I put as Game of Thrones with the Dracarys. That was it. Dracarys. Dracarys. I want Daenerys to burn and rule everything. <laughs> I'm going to pull a little Tyrion, but what's she going to rule if it's all burnt? She's going to rule. That's all that matters. <laughs> um. So as usual, you can find me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at OhMyMythRandier. Um, how about you, Adrian? Yep, you can find me on Twitter at SuperEast93, S-U-P-E-R-R-U-I-Z 93. And make sure to drop Suara and Beltway some follows, guys. Have a great night, and uh, winter is finally here. The night is dark and full of terrors. And full of spoilers. We probably should have said that in the beginning. What music do you want to go out to, Shward? We let our guests pick our outro music. Oh, um, Boys of Summer, I guess. I don't know. Something with summer. Because they miss summer. I love summer, you guys. I don't want <laughs> Come fall. Come on over to Texas. It never ends. <laughs> I know. That would be awesome. That would be awesome.